Hello and welcome to another edition of the Byron York Show, the No Chit Chat Podcast. We like to get right into it. And what we're going to get into today is a figure not of the present, but from the past, George W. Bush. And um, something you might call the world's worst slip of the tongue. I mean, there have been many, many gaffes spoken by many politicians. This could be the world's worst slip of the tongue. Bush gave a speech on Wednesday at the Bush Center at SMU in Dallas, Southern Methodist University in Dallas. Uh, Bush has a big presidential center there. They do a, a, a lot of events and things like that. So this one was called Elections, a More Perfect Union. And it was about uh, the value of free and fair elections in the world. And it featured a cast of, uh, you know, prominent people. Condoleezza Rice, the former Secretary of State under George W. Bush. Uh, Bill Gates, founder of Microsoft. Natan Sharansky, the former uh, Soviet dissident. John Meacham, the um, historian and journalist. Um, and so a, a bunch of prominent people talking about elections at the uh, Bush Center, the George W. Bush Center at Southern Methodist University in Dallas. Okay. So a couple of hours into the event, Bush himself makes some brief remarks, and they were intended to support legitimate elections around the globe. Now, where the slip of the tongue came in was this. In a passage in which Bush meant to condemn the, quote, wholly unjustified and brutal invasion of Ukraine, he instead said the wholly unjustified and brutal invasion of Iraq. Okay. He realizes his mistake, and then he uh, says, I mean, I mean, of Ukraine. And then under his breath, he said, Iraq too. And then he said, anyway, and he, he joked that he is, in fact, 75 years old. Obviously, it was George W. Bush who ordered the United States invasion of Iraq, which a lot of his critics, people on the left, have called wholly unjustified and brutal. But um, that's what he did. So, now, Bush is famous for misspeaking. I mean, he, he made a lot of jokes uh, about it himself. He's famous, uh, you know, lots of sayings, put food on your family, that kind of stuff. He was, he was famous for that and, and, and accepted criticism for many of them in pretty good humor. Uh, so he was, he was misspeaking at a much younger age than 75. Uh, but this reference to Iraq did not come out of nowhere. And I think it points to the continuing importance of the war in Iraq in Bush's mind and uh, also in politics and particularly in Republican politics. So it, it just didn't come out of nowhere. Bush's decision to invade Iraq on the grounds that Saddam Hussein, the Iraqi strongman leader at the time, on the grounds that Hussein um, possessed weapons of mass destruction, it w was obviously one of the most controversial in history, then became more so when U.S. forces failed to find the weapons of mass destruction. Now, this was just this was a terrible blow to Bush. He wrote about it. He wrote a memoir, Decision Points. It's actually a pretty good presidential memoir. Makes jokes that, you know, all people have read all these books and written all these books and he's read one. But still, 
It's a pretty good book. He writes that he is sickened every time he thinks of the failure to find weapons of mass destruction. And he wrote, I'm going to read you a passage from the book, which I think is unusually frank for a politician's memoir. Uh, It's rare, I think, for a politician to focus on his own weakness, his own mistake, in such a clear way. So I'm going to read Bush's um, passage from Decision Points. Quote, Still, I knew the failure to find WMD would transform the public perception of the war. While the world was undoubtedly safer with Saddam gone, the reality was that I had sent American troops into combat based in large part on intelligence that proved false. That was a massive blow to our credibility, my credibility, that would shake the confidence of the American people. No one was more shocked or angry than I was when we didn't find the weapons. I had a sickening feeling every time I thought about it. I still do. Okay, again, it's it's just a just a kind of an honest and and revealing thing for a uh, former president, a politician, to say. I had a sickening feeling every time I thought about it. I still do. Now at SMU. Bush was discussing the importance of free elections uh, in maintaining order, not just in the countries in which they occur, but in the whole world as well. Okay, so he, was, he, he starts off by arguing that the way that countries conduct their elections tell you a lot about how those countries operate, how the leaders treat their own people. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So what we're going to do is start out and listen to this entire passage from Bush to put it in context of what he was talking about. So let's listen to Bush right now. The way countries conduct elections is indicative of how their leaders treat their own people and how nations behave toward other nations. And nowhere is this uh, on display more clearly than in Ukraine. Ukrainian people elected Vladimir Zelensky, with whom I Zoomed the other day, by the way. Cool little guy. (laughs) The Churchill of the 21st century. He was empowered by electoral legitimacy. He won 72% of the vote. And now he's leading his nation heroically against Russian invading forces and defending his country. In contrast, 
Russian elections are rigged. Political opponents are imprisoned or otherwise eliminated from participating in the electoral process. The result is an absence of checks and balances in Russia and the decision of one man to launch a wholly unjustified and brutal invasion of Iraq. I mean, of Ukraine. <laughs> Iraq, too. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> 75. Uh, okay, there it is. Um, the result is an absence of checks and balances in Russia and the decision of one man to launch a wholly unjustified and brutal invasion of Iraq. I mean, of Ukraine. That was really uh, an extraordinary moment that Bush uh, created speaking at the, uh, at the Bush Center in, at SMU in, in Dallas. So the war in Iraq has roiled American politics for nearly 20 years now. Uh, in the early years of the war, opposition to the war became a litmus test among Democratic politicians. Uh, certainly the progressive left judged politicians by whether they had voted against the measure to authorize the use of force in Iraq or whether they'd voted for it. Now, two of the president's president, excuse me, the party's presidential nominees, John Kerry, Hillary Clinton, voted to authorize the war as senators. And the third one, Barack Obama, avoided the test altogether because he was not in the Senate when the vote was taken. So in the 2016 primaries, the Republican primaries, Hillary Clinton in the Democratic race, Hillary Clinton was criticized still for her vote to authorize the war more than a decade earlier. And in the Republican primaries, the candidate Donald Trump just agitated the entire Republican Party when he openly described the war as a disaster. Now, Trump did it in part to rattle his competitor in the primaries, Jeb Bush, brother of George W. Bush. Um, but Trump, in fact, struck a nerve among Republicans who might have supported the war at the time, but came to believe that it was a mistake. I mean, now nobody would be surprised if Trump at some point makes use of this new George W. Bush gaffe as new ammunition in Trump's ongoing battle against what used to be called the Republican establishment, which favored the war in March 2003 when Bush invaded Iraq. So I think that, that Bush's mistake really pointed to a continuing sore spot and continuing difficulty in Republican politics. But most of all, most of all, they conveyed the sense of a man who made a career-defining mistake invading Iraq that still troubles him two decades later. Now, obviously, it troubles the country, too. 4,431 American soldiers died in the war in Iraq. More than 30,000 were wounded. Many veterans, many families are still living with the consequences of Bush's decision. Now, some of the war's most outspoken proponents just walked away from the catastrophe. They continued their career, and some moved on to opposing Trump. And some are now promoting greater U.S. support for Ukraine. But George W. Bush doesn't have anywhere to go. He's been president. He's served two terms. He's not going to be president again. He's not going to serve in public office again. He made the decision to invade Iraq, and it clearly bothers him still. So that's why I decided to devote a podcast to this 
because I thought it was just such a remarkable moment. It was a slip of the tongue. Bush is famous for those. But this was a particularly, particularly telling and important slip of the tongue. Maybe the world's worst slip of the tongue. So a little unusual as a subject today. Thanks for uh, listening. Always appreciate it when you can listen. And hope you'll join us again soon for another edition of The Byron York Show. Biden's disinformation governance board bites the dust. Several nail-biter races on primary night, and so far Republicans are turning out in much bigger numbers than Democrats in key states. I'm Greg Corumbus. Join Jim Garrity of National Review and me each weekday for the Three Martini Lunch podcast. We'll give you the good, bad, and crazy news of the day for conservatives, and hopefully a lot of laughs too. Join us. Follow the Three Martini Lunch on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Cartels are exploiting Indian reservations to get into America, and our federal government can't be bothered to stop it. Hey, y'all, it's Sarah Carter from The Sarah Carter Show. I just got back from two trips to our southern border, and I want to take you inside a huge hotspot where thousands of migrants are coming into America every day. I was with a member of the National Border Patrol Council when the Border Patrol nabbed multiple illegal migrants who were breaking U.S. law, and I have the exclusive audio. For all this and more, subscribe to The Sarah Carter Show on your favorite podcast app.